0: Do da dum Ho, 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 and welcome to Breaking Mayberry, the Christmas show where a couple of guys watch the Andy Griffith Show to get in touch with the Christmas spirit. Um, I am Marty Schneider. I'm Dan Ludwig. And we a- went
1: off book and that was so startling.
0: <laughs> well, I went off book because we have a special guest today. Uh... From the podcast Christmas Creeps, and my longtime writing partner from Something Awful and Front Row Central, good friend of mine, and I'm so happy to have him on the show, Mr. Joseph J. W. Wade.
2: Joe? Hey, everybody. Thanks for having me. Joe, tell us about Christmas Creeps before uh, before we get into this. <laughs> okay, so uh, Christmas Creeps is a podcast that my friends and I have started, uh, where every two weeks we will reconvene and we will discuss another uh, Christmas film or a TV show that has a Christmas episode, or a film that's even tangentially related to Christmas in search of the true meaning of Christmas, because, uh, as I've said many times before, I am a horrible weirdo, and my co-hosts are even more horrible uh, enablers, um, and that's kind of what we do on Christmas Creeps, as awful Christmas movie banter and that kind of stuff.
1: I mean, you are on a, a, a podcast about the Andy Griffith Show. You are amongst good company in terms of weird weirdos. I gotta say, that's, that's I, I even
0: based our rating system on this show off of your rating system on Christmas Creeps. <laughs> so, uh, you are a direct You based influence. your rating
2: system off of the worst thing in the universe. <laughs> Great. Congratulations.
0: <laughs> yeah. Uh, that's about right, actually. It seemed appropriate at the time. We've got Joe here uh because this is a Christmas episode uh and we'll be airing this. this is our Christmas in July we're doing season 1 episode 11 the christmas story and this is the only christmas episode in the andy griffith show's entire 8 year run
1: which is fucking nuts how this is like the most christmas compatible tv show how do they not like like Bob's Burgers milks the crap out of Christmas every year. How did the Andy Griffith Show do it once? I gotta say, maybe I, I don't think they could do better than this.
2: Yeah, they got it. They got it so right they didn't <laughs> want to mess with mess it up.
1: You'd think they would have taken like another swing at it in like the later seasons when they were running out of material.
0: You know, they apparently never did because their last two seasons were the most popular. It's a it's a very weird thing. I will say that it feels so good that I've got you guys here and we're going to talk about an episode that I unironically, unashamedly love of The Andy Griffith Show. Like, this is a good episode and it feels so good to talk about something good
1: today. It's, it's like, it has, it has Andy Griffith Show bullshit, but it has just the right amount of Andy Griffith Show bullshit. Like, it's. It like every now and then, and there there'll be just something a, a little a little moral reprehensibility, just as like a garnish on something overall like good and really well done. It's perfect. Which yeah, we desperately needed this,
2: and I think this is like the point in like that first season where the concept of the Andy Griffith show clicked because it's both like really indicative of what the show would become, but also. Not entirely, because there's a lot of stuff in this episode that just never shows up again in the show. Right, right. And we'll we'll get into that when we have description. Like, there's a
0: couple of these things that I think were, like, retconned later on. So, But a, a couple of the things in this episode are, like, incompatible with what we see about the Andy Griffith show later on. Uh, and you just kind of have to ignore it. Yeah. It's a Christmas miracle or something.
1: This is an elseworld title in the Andy Griffith show. Yes. This isn't yeah. technically canon. The Watcher shows up at the beginning of this episode and is like, gaze into another future where you could drink in Mayberry. <laughs> Griffith by
0: Gaslight. Yes. <laughs> the other reason I'm excited to have you on, Joe, is you are the first Southerner we've had on the show. Well, that's uh, that's certainly an honor, isn't it? <laughs> I guess. <laughs> I mean, not only that, but you're from North Carolina, so this is like in your backyard.
2: Oh yeah, uh, I I grew up like Mayberry is based on Ma- Mount Airy, North Carolina. I grew up like thirty minutes from Mayberry, so this is like this is my wheelhouse right here. Is this <laughs> show specifically? How big is the Andy Griffith show in your part of the South? Uh, I see. I don't think it's very big outside of North Carolina, really, because I mean, you know, we have the, the Andy Griffith Show Festival here every year, Mayberry Days. Uh, Andy Griffith retired in Wilmington, kind of famously, and he where he went to produce matlock after the fact um yeah i think it's really just kind of more of a local thing than it is a southern thing have you
0: been to mayberry days
2: i have yes oh tell us please Uh, tell us about it yeah is
1: there like an uh, like opie balloons that people carry around is there like (laughs) barney themed (laughs) snacks
2: no no snacks no uh shaped balloons but you do get like the sort of the, the the uh the foods that, of like bar the barbecue and the, the down home cooking that you'd see on the show. And you got your uh, Barney Fife impersonators out. And up, up until, you know, very That's recently they
1: <laughs> up
2: until recently, they would have like actual cast members show up for this thing. But you know, the rigors of time being what they are, uh they've kind of passed on. But uh yeah, Mayberry days is a, a, a great event. If you really want to see Mount Airy struggle to become Mayberry for a day. <laughs>
1: Do they have, like, like they're they're constantly hoping that Ron Howard shows up. Like, they have a seat reserved for him. They send him an invitation every year. Just like, <laughs> they have a seat for him like Elijah. It's like a drag
0: show has a seat for RuPaul just in case she shows up.
1: <laughs> just every year the guy who, who runs it is just like, this is the year that we're finally going to net Ron Howard. We saw it. He's in the area. He's filming a movie. Just a stayed over. He's going to come this year.
2: I think one year they got Clint Howard, and that was the best they ever got. Oh, oh. but no. Like, there's there's an Andy Griffith Museum. There's a statue of Andy and Little Opie, which is really kind of spooky if you really if you really study it. Um, I don't think Ron Howard wants to go there to see that statue personally. Like, I wouldn't. I don't know. I wouldn't go no, see a like... statue of Little Me.
1: That's weird. Yeah, no, like a statue your or, or just an entire region that is, like, like, super invested in your personal childhood and the thing you did as a child. On the other hand, if Ron Howard ever feels like starting a
0: cult, he's already got a jump on everyone else. He's got a base of operations
1: ready and waiting for him. Yeah, he's yeah. got a
2: city full of, of parishioners just like, come on down, please.
1: You know, it's the perfect retirement plan to start a cult. <laughs>
0: All right, Joe. So we're definitely probably next summer going to make that trek down. So you'll have to join oh, us no. for for Mayberry days. I'll be your tour guide. Yes,
1: we will almost certainly die during this trip. I, I, I place will our survival expectations very low. Wow. <laughs> All
0: right, Off let's do a good start. Let's go ahead and get into this. Uh, episode 11 aired December 19th, 1960. Directed by department store Santa manager Bob Sweeney. Written by <laughs> David Adler. So good good one-two punch here. David Adler, our hero here on Breaking Mayberry.
1: Fred, also May- known as Frank Tarloff. A yep. blacklisted writer. Alright, so here is
0: our one-sentence summary of the Christmas story from Wikipedia despite being forced by Scrooge Ben Weaver to arrest bootlegger Sam Muggins on Christmas Eve.
1: I didn't catch that his last name was Muggins. That's so good. Sam Muggins. Sam Muggins.
2: The patriarch of the Muggins clan.
1: He sounds like
0: an old-timey, like, gangster. Nah, the Muggins gang has come to
1: rob this bank. He sounds... Yeah, he sounds... Like like one of the guys who was like in, uh, oh shit, babyface Nelson's gang who gets nabbed early on in the movie. We leave a hoot jug after every massacre. <laughs> <laughs> right. Despite being
0: forced by Ben Weaver to arrest bootlegger Sam Muggins on Christmas Eve, Muggins. Andy still manages to have the most wonderful Christmas in Mayberry. That is our one sentence summary from Wikipedia. Uh, so let's just, uh, let's just jump right into this. We open up, it is Christmas Eve, and Andy, uh, is locking up a bunch of prisoners. By the way, a lot of prisoners! So many
1: prisoners! Like, seven dudes! Like, and, and Andy is like, like, the jail is packed, which it's not supposed to be. Like, by the fundamental laws of Mayberry, the jail is supposed to have, like, Otis and maybe one other person.
0: Right, it's, it's Otis and then a rotating seat. But yeah, yeah, for some reason, there's just been a crime spree in Mayberry around Christmas.
1: And Andy's response to this is to apologize to the prisoners for the shitty accommodations. He's like, I- I'm really sorry that there's not enough pillows. For some for reason, he's not like, all right, there's, there's like, Mayberry is dissolving into chaos where the- we have a full jail cell. We need reinforcements. Yeah, he's he's extremely cavalier about this crime spree. He's just like, sorry, it sucks. I don't I don't know what's going on. Sorry, y'all, yo, but your tax dollars ain't gonna
2: pay for a third sale.
0: <laughs> it's apparently the frick, it's like the, I was gonna say the purge, but that doesn't make any sense. Uh, no one would be getting left oh, out.
2: Oh, the purge in Mayberry would be so good.
1: <laughs> the, it would be an extremely impolite evening. Except for Dot Don who would kill throw so many people.
2: Without any repercussions, it would be fantastic.
1: <laughs>
0: <laughs> All right, so Barney enters brandishing a big old stack of Christmas cards. So Andy and Barney sit down together to review the Christmas cards they got, uh, including one from, like, the Walkin brothers or whatever, who are, like, sending, like, Merry Christmas from state prison. And there's, like, a picture of them in their cell, and, that, and that's their, like, Christmas card.
1: <laughs> Which, again, like, did they arrest, like, three dudes but were so polite about it that... ...they're cool about it. Like, it's... Like, again, it sort of takes place in this weird alternate version of Mayberry... ...where there is actually crime and Andy and Barney occasionally arrest people.
0: So, this is an Elseworlds, uh, story. A what-if story. Like, what if Andy were competent at his job (laughs) at all? That's dismissed immediately because... ...for the reasons we're about to see.
1: Okay, so, while they're reviewing Christmas cards... Barney gets one from Hilda May, uh, and for some reason is embarrassed by the fact that his girlfriend got him a Christmas card. Andy, which is sort of validated because Andy then ribs him for getting a Christmas card from his girlfriend of several episodes. Like, it's the most weirdly high school thing. Like, were you not supposed to admit that you were dating someone back then? Was the 1960s just high school? Like, what or not even high school, middle school? It's the weirdest Barney situation. likes Hilda! Barney likes Hilda! Yeah, he's, like, doing, like, a full, like, Who's it from, uh, Hilda May? Ooh, do you like her? Does she like you? Are you guys gonna go to the dance together? Barney and Hilda sitting in a tree. Yeah,
0: it's it's really weird. But, but, the, like letter that she writes him is really, like, weird and embarrassing. It's, like, mostly baby talk. I want to point out, by the way, Hilda May has barely spoken this entire time. We've seen her. We have not heard her. The only time we we hear her is um, in her last appearance, which is the episode we did last time. Uh, yeah. Baby Saves Barney's Morale, where she does that monologue about, like, Barney doesn't like to be made fun of, and you're, like, I was very concerned for Hilda's life at that point, um,
1: but, uh, this leads into the uh, the reoccurring joke of the episode in that uh, Barney, like Bar- Hilda may in the letter, called Barney a pet name, and Andy is like, "Come on, man, it's it's safe. You can tell me what the uh what what the pet name is. I'll I'll be cool about it." And Barney's like, "Oh, she called me." barney poo and andy proceeds to in no way be cool about it just sort of like <laughs> mercilessly tear into barney like barney poo hey everyone in the jail cell you know prisoners this guy's girlfriend called him barney poo what it, a it, fucking idiot
0: I, I think you're missing one dan i think it was barney Barney poo like there was an extra like oh god yeah
2: so, it, does this is this, like, the first time in the show that Andy is painted as kind of a bully, or have they done this since then? Oh, no, before. that's,
1: like, episode two.
2: Okay. Because, yeah, Andy is, this is, like, classic bully behavior from Andy, like, sidle up to him, tell him, ah, you can trust me, and then totally betray that trust in ten seconds.
1: Oh, yeah, no, in terms of abusive behavior, this is, like, th- this is very low on, on the Andy Griffith a gaslighting scale he like this is low like low grade emotional abuse for him but i
2: guess in this episode it's it stands out because it's kind of the only instance when he really does it
1: i mean
0: i'll say it's just like it's friendly teasing and he definitely does cut it out whenever barney tells him to cut it out only to bring it back up a few hours later um right
1: But in other episodes, he does, like, emotional and psychological torture on Barney like it's, I have no mouth and I must scream. Like, he tears into this poor little man's psyche so much.
0: Alright, so the next thing that happens is, uh, Bar- Andy gets a call from Aunt B, and they start to discuss the plans for Christmas. Who's gonna- what are we gonna have? What are you bringing? Who's gonna be there? Who's gonna play Santa? Uh, and Andy suggests that Barney play Santa. And, like, as soon as that happened, I gotta say, I definitely had um, Mrs. Claus from Rudolph pop into my head. Whoever heard of a skinny Santa? Eat, Papa.
2: Eat. Is that just me?
0: No? That Not, even was... jo- Not even Joe no, the Christmas guy? No, that's
2: like. No, it's definitely you. Like, No, not, not definitely you, but that's definitely true. Excuse me. Like, <laughs> read Barney, like Barney, if you're going to get into that suit, I
1: want to put on a few,
2: you know, have a few extra bread rolls with dinner.
1: I, yeah. I was so, I, I was genuinely just taken aback by the Star Wars extra that you turned into for a brief period of time. <laughs> so Andy points, or Andy asks Barney to
0: be uh, Santa, and Barney rightfully observes that he can't, because... As long as they get prisoners in the cell, someone's got to be on duty. So he's not going to be there,
1: which leads to the 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 uh, designated Andy does something insane portion of the episode. <laughs> like my favorite, possibly one of my favorite actions that Andy ever does in the entire goddamn show. Yeah, you wanna tell him what it is, Dan? Okay, uh, so he asks Barney, like, "All right." So what are they in for? And Barney like, starts to go like, well, we arrested him for it. And he goes like, no, 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 no. They're in here to learn a lesson about, about how they should participate in society. So that kind of makes us teachers. And in school, don't they let the kids out for Christmas? And Barney's like, yeah, I guess. And Andy just goes like, all right, so we're agreed. We're releasing all of the prisoners. <laughs> and then just opens the jail cell and be like, all right, guys, so you're out for Christmas. Come back after. Uh, be careful crossing the street and don't get too drunk. <laughs> <laughs> I just noticed it's that so Dan. shit.
0: Dan's notes for this episode contained the phrase, Andy, goddamn, let's goddamn
1: everyone out of the goddamn jail. Just What I wanted to happen as they're walking out is just one of the prisoners to turn to another one and just be like, Jeff, weren't you arrested for murder? Yeah. Like, just And then Jeff just goes like, yeah, I guess I'll go finish? <laughs> like, I guess I'll go finish that crime.
2: Oh, that's right. There's three kids in my basement. <laughs> But the most baffling part of this scene to me is that when Andy lets them out of the jail, like, they're all leaving jail, and they all have, like, wrapped Christmas presents with them. Like, what were they doing when he arrested all of them?
0: Yeah, they, they like, I like to imagine that maybe they just had their presents with them, and they were, like, in jail to do some last-minute wrapping. Like, maybe Andy <laughs> just passed them the tape and the, like, wrapping paper through the bars. Uh, Maybe it was just, like, maybe it was just, like, a... uh. A Turbo Man, uh, a jingle all the way situation. Oh, no, and all of these these parents had committed horrible crimes in the process of getting those toys for their children because they waited oh, until the last minute. By the way, I, I,
2: did he rob it, or did he arrest an entire gang that was robbing the local department store, <laughs> or <laughs> what? Hey, the
0: Muggins cool. Gang.
2: <laughs> so, promised to, to come back. He it, asked them to promise to come back.
0: Yeah, everyone's happy and. Uh, Barney and Andy are on their way to, on their way to their have their Christmas festivities when enter our villain, our Scrooge, Ben Weaver, played by an elderly man named Will Wright, uh, who has quite a lot of uh, quite a lot of credits
2: to his name. Sim City creator Will Wright,
1: he he Michael Caine's this Scrooge performance. He 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 tears this Scrooge character apart. Like he's a good actor.
0: Yeah, he's really good at this. Uh, I thought for a second that he was Thurl Ravencroft of uh, "You're a Mean One, Mr. Grinch" fame, but it is not. It's a different dude, but same kind of idea. Uh, and so Ben comes in and he's holding uh this I don't know, this like very dorky looking dude Sam Muggins who looks like like he came off a
1: fucking Campbell soup can. Uh, and he looks like a ca- like a creature from the dark crystal, like. He, he he looks like just a, an adorable... Like, uh, just this adorable little uh, little puppet of a man. Yeah. It,
0: it, he's basically Howdy Doody come to life. Uh, this is, by the way, the only time we'll ever see Sam Muggins uh, in this show. But Sam, he comes in, and he's mad at Sam Muggins for moonshining. Uh, and, and as we know before, right? Moonshining's serious business in Mayberry. Except Sam... I'm sorry. Ben's reasoning... The reason he's so upset by this is that he owns a liquor store. He owns a store that sells spirits, and he's tired of moonshiners cutting into his business, cutting into his profits. Mayberry is a dry county. We know this. There is that's a, a major again.
1: plot point of like seven episodes, like so yeah. far. Like, which is it? Do you think it was like they they changed their minds later on or? Just I think forgot they
0: forgot about this. I think they had to, right? Like, they were just a kind of a like, well, let's hope nobody notices,
2: because yeah, I, I think they wrote it in a hurry and then didn't even notice that this had been placed in the canon already. Like, let's just get this out here. Um want- but yeah, like,
1: or or what if in inter- like it, it is established eventually that Old Ben is very like like powerful throughout the state? What if maybe he's like a dry county with the exception of Old Ben's liquors? Like maybe he has like a uh, a a government enforced monopoly on Mayberry. Ooh. I he does that.
0: He does imply that he is pretty powerful and has friends in high places.
1: He uh, he basically he, does a speech of I own this state. I'll have your job if you dare cross me. Yeah, maybe he's like the liquor baron of 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 Mayberry County.
0: <laughs> We've never seen this guy before. Uh, but this is his first appearance, but he's apparently, like, the boogeyman, and he's the only guy in Mayberry that Andy Griffith, like, treats with any authority whatsoever.
1: Yeah. Like,
2: I feel like he should have been, like, the Lex Luthor of this show. Like, they should have brought Ben back for something. Cause oh, they do! Because he's good in
1: this to not, you know? He comes back. He is a reoccurring fuckface. Like, he learns his lesson <laughs> at the end of this episode and then promptly forgets it.
2: But I don't think, like, he comes back every season with a new scheme to, like, destroy Mayberry, which, you know, maybe that would have elevated the show a little bit. Uh, not that it needed elevating, but, uh, you know, maybe, maybe he's trying to, uh, to destroy the youth center and Opie has to stop him in season three with the power of, uh,
1: breakdancing.
2: <laughs> sure. <laughs> the power of the twist.
1: The only way to save a youth center. But he does, uh, he shows up later and uh, and does try to foreclose on a family, uh, which Andy oh. has to stop. He So he does come back and he does, he, he, he gets back to his old shenanigans pretty goddamn quickly.
0: That's actually the reason why we're doing this episode now as opposed to waiting until closer to Christmas is because we had to get this out of the way first and introduce Sam, I'm sorry, introduce Ben uh, before we got to that episode again.
2: Uh, Establish Ben as the villain now. Yeah, exactly.
0: Yeah. Uh, So this is is the episode where we meet our, like, recurring bad guy in Mayberry. uh, A foil to Andy. And Andy points out, like, Ben could cause a lot of problems for him uh, and Barney if he wanted to. So, reluctantly, they do book Sam on charges of moonshining.
1: It's really cool that, well, not cool, but uh, sort of Andy Griffith-style fucked up that The only person so far who has demonstrated any authority over Andy whatsoever is, like, a local businessman. Like, not the mayor, not, like, the state police, not sort of any government official whatsoever. Just a dude with a liquor store is able to, like, grind Andy to a shrieking halt. A little bit of accidental social commentary from The Andy Griffith Show yet again. Once again, though,
0: this is David Adler. I don't think it's accidental. Uh, oh,
1: right, yeah, man when he 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 can get like very stealth progressive when the subject isn't women,
0: yeah, that's true.
1: <laughs> this is the least horny
0: David Adler episode, too, so
1: yeah, I don't think he gets horny at all in this one,
0: so they talk about how sad it is that Sam has to be away from his family on Christmas, uh, and that gives Andy an idea, and he says the phrase, "There's more than one way to plug a buzzard." I don't Which, know what, what does that, that even
1: <laughs> fucking mean? Like, what? why are you plugging a buzzard? He doesn't... I think he meant to say pluck, but he explicitly says plug. Oh, well, yeah. Pl-
2: like, like, to plug someone, like, to shoot them. Yeah, so. but there's only but one he, way to shoot a, a buzzard. <laughs> <laughs> <There's>, <laughs> Unless Opie does it with a slingshot, I guess.
1: <laughs> I, it sounds like he's violating this poor bird. <laughs>
2: Also, like, plugging anything, is, is, that's something a gangster does, Andy.
1: <laughs> Andy is pretty gangster adjacent. He is, uh, he is like a cross between a sheriff and a mob boss of Mayberry. Like, there's more than one way to ventilate a chicken hawk, I <laughs> recollect. <laughs> there, there's more than one way to bleed a snitch, right, Barney?
2: <laughs> right, Barney? <laughs>
1: <laughs> right, Andy?
0: So then we fade oh. to black and we fade back up and old Ben is outside the jail, jail jailhouse and he sees Andy pull up in a cruiser uh and the and when he gets out of the cruiser he has Sam's wife and children with him and old Ben is just very mad about this so he oh, fa- he
1: is he does like a little like a little fist shake like oh sheriff I knew you were going to pull this it's a, oh.
0: it's a oh. So he like like, shaking his cane, wanders inside, and he follows Andy uh, and Sam's family, going, what are you up to? Why well, knew you were gonna get up to some shenanigans? He's like, he literally says shenanigans. He's Yosemite Sam in this whole
1: thing. Like, why are you rass and and farmin'? He's like a cartoon character. He is, like, might be the most cartoon character of any, like, anyone on this show. Like, Andy pretty much turns to him and goes, Eh, what's up, Doc? Eh, <laughs> a really good game of semantics follows. That was a solid Bugs Bunny. Uh, really, because it came out like Peter Griffin to me. Oh, so, okay, I'm have
0: to listen to that playback. So Andy's defense is that he has decided to arrest Sam's entire family, including the children, which apparently is just a thing you can do.
2: Uh, over this, in this in the city, but he concocts a reason for it. Like he he establishes uh like uh. What's the word? Uh, he establishes motive. He establishes uh, culpability. about this yeah. culpability. Thank you. And like, did you did you see your daddy making moonshine, Billy? Uh huh. Did you see your daddy making moonshine? Uh huh. See Ben, there you go. Yeah, they're
0: they're all accessories before, during, and after the fact uh, is exactly that's what the I mean.
1: best Andy Griffith someone has done on this show the entire time, and I'm kind of mad about it because we were so close to cracking it. <laughs>
2: I, I told you guys, I grew up with this shit man. Like, it's in my blood.
1: We were on the verge of figuring out Andy Griffith's southern accent, and you just swooped in and did it.
2: The secret is to have a southern accent. God damn it.
0: So Barney comes in, and he's got a tree. Uh, and Aunt B comes in and she's got the turkey and she's got all the spread. And Ellie comes in and she's got like a big old pitcher of eggnog. I love this part because Ellie like scoops out a ladle full of eggnog and Andy takes the ladle and it passes the ladle to Sam through the bar, just like here you go, guys, drink from this. <laughs> just to remind you, you're still prisoners, I guess.
2: Um, you ain't good enough for cups.
1: Yeah, <laughs> and he, they're like halfway doing the facade, like they're they're like. Uh, Like, like you have to be in jail, but also, fuck this.
0: And ben, the whole time, is just getting angrier and angrier. And he's, what what is going on? Why are you having a party? And Andy's excuse is that he has deputized everyone here. Like,
1: everyone gets to be here.
0: Because like, and, Andy and, and can just he, deputize they...
1: anyone at any time. They then show each and every person with like a deputy's badge like Ellie and Aunt B, and then after that, Opie, which it, it should have been just O going like, "All right, well, checkmate, you deputized a child." So none of, <laughs> none of this is OK. Uh, and
2: also, like a very uncomfortable shot of Aunt B's ass because that's where she put her badge for some reason.
1: I think I blocked
0: that out. It rules. It's really funny. <laughs> like that is that is one of Ampy's like defining fuck you moments. Like One of many.
2: I wipe my ass with the with the authority in this town. Ampy <laughs> uh, is rage
1: against the machine as fuck. Ampy <laughs> Ampy gives no quarter. Aunt, right. B <laughs> Aunt B won't do what you tell me.
2: Aunt B won't do what you tell me. Aunt B won't do what you tell me.
1: Fuck! <laughs> oh Christ. Okay. It's so <laughs> insane that the most anti-authoritarian person on this show is Aunt Fucking B. <laughs> Alright, so so
0: I'm just getting to the end of the scene. So, basically, Ben, uh, you know, storms out in a huff. Uh, and he, like, circles around behind the jail. And he uh, he does this bit. He climbs, tries to climb up the window. He's scowling. I think this is the first time, maybe the first and only time, we ever see the perspective from the jail cell looking in to the courthouse. Yeah, uh, it's a weird he's, shot. It's a weird, it's a good shot, though. I like it a lot so we see from ben's point of view as he like peeks through the bars in the window and looks into everybody having a good time then he starts to think it's basically the grinch right the grinch is hatching a plan
1: you know what my favorite thing about this episode is it's one of the few shows i've watched where like scene one introduce a conflict scene two solve the conflict. Remainder of the episode, yeah, suck it, conflict. Like, it's just, they solve the problem almost immediately, and then the remainder of the show is just everyone going like, yeah, solved that problem. Here's a, just a, a an actual party, in real time! Like, it rules. <laughs> With,
2: like, musical breaks, and dancing, and... Letters from the audience
1: at home. It's great. There's just prolonged periods where the cast is just hanging out, going like, hey, remember when we had that problem? That sure sucked. Glad it's over almost immediately. Who wants to hear me play this guitar? Honestly, though, like, everybody. I think
0: that's what makes me like this episode so much. Because the the feeling of a Christmas party on the Andy Griffith set, It that feels like we're, what we're watching. It feels like we're not seeing... Andy Taylor, Barney Fife, uh, Ellie Walker. It really does feel like after hours. Andy Griffith, Don Knotts, Eleanor Donahue, um, Francis. Like a,
1: a loosening yeah. of the tie.
0: Yeah, it feel it, it feels it, like it's, they're it's, they're hanging out like as friends, and it it does come across. It's like a couple episodes ago, we talked about how uh, Barney and Andy's friendship really works because Don Knotts and Andy Griffith were such good friends. Uh, and this is one of those times when we let that, like, real-life camaraderie sneak into the episode. Uh, and it plays very well.
2: Um, and, and it's kind of a nice reminder that, like, Andy Griffith got his start as, like, a down-home Southern musical comedian. Like, the musical numbers in this in this episode are very nice, very lovely. And, like, you forget that, like, he is an actual, like, trained musician as well. <laughs> well, no, you don't. You don't, because he reminds us at every opportunity on this show. <laughs>
1: Yeah, he he will spare no no chance to break out his guitar. Anytime there's more than two seconds of silence, Andy just like slowly starts bringing the guitar out from behind something.
2: (laughs) Okay, fair enough. I'll be perfectly honest, like, you guys right now are the Andy Griffith experts. Like, it's kind of a thing where I remember it from my childhood, and that's kind of where it stays right now.
1: Yeah, yeah, no, you haven't been submitted to the madness we have been submitted to. So back inside
0: the courthouse, I guess we probably faded to a commercial and came back. Uh Opie comes in yelling ah! as Opie is, is known to do. Uh just yelling <laughs>
1: yeah. a premium Ron Howard
0: shriek. Like. Um, just yelling about a robbery happening outside. And so everyone runs outside, uh, and they find Ben. Ben is walking- I love this shot. Ben is just, like, taking a wooden bench and he's just walking down in a huff. Like, hur, hur, hur. Uh, uh, I
1: feel like Andy should have immediately turned to Opie and just be like, Okay, so we need to work on your definition of robbery. Because that means a lot. <laughs> this is an old man stealing a bench. You know robbery could mean, like, firearms, right? It's just, it's such a
0: silly little- it's very Cohen Brothers- the silliness of this moment and everyone's just falling behind them just going what are you doing what why are you why are you
1: stealing that bench and uh yeah it's the weirdest crime like he's just like he's stealing just an out a piece of outdoor furniture like the response to that most realistically would be like all right well we'll just take it back like tomorrow because it's a bench it's it's also not a very good bench it's pretty clearly worth like two dollars so fine. Yeah. uh so barney of course wants to arrest him like all right we'll
0: arrest him and he says no that's dumb uh and he's gonna do it but ellie and i love this recurring gag that ellie just talks him out of it just like look it's christmas let him have the freaking bench and andy's like you're right Here's a bench. And it's just a, the recurring bit of Ellie ruining all of Ben's plans just by being a sweetheart.
1: <laughs> just, yeah, by being, like, the voice of good in the situation. Just curbs, like, the constant devil on Andy's shoulder, which is Barney telling him to arrest an old man. Ben gets so
0: mad at her for just being decent. Just like, girl, how dare you exert
1: human kindness? Ah! I mean... She is very like she's saving him because Barney is not like, all right, well let's arrest him. Barney is like, like put him in the jail cell. Let me waterboard him. Let me <laughs> beat this old man. Like Barney would not just stop at arrest. He is furious.
0: Uh, so back inside they they're doing the tree lighting. This is where we get one of those musical interludes that Joe was talking about. Um and they play along, uh, Ellie and, uh, Andy have a nice little moment where they play, uh, music together. Meanwhile, we see Ben go get his car and move it in front of the fire hydrant, the fire plug intentionally. And Barney enters, now he's arrested old Ben. Uh, and he wrote him a ticket for parking in front of a fire plug and Ben tore up the ticket and I'm amazed that Barney didn't murder him on the spot. <laughs>
1: Just immediately gut shot him.
0: And he has this <laughs> this great freaking line here where Andy calls him on it. He's like, Ben, did you really do that? And uh, Ben goes, I did. And uh, Andy says, well, tearing up a ticket, that's that's contempt of the law. You got a reason for it? And Ben's like, yeah, I got a reason. I got contempt for the law around here. It's a
1: fucking Johnny Cash song. <laughs> it's so good. <laughs> I, and he, his delivery Fucking rules Like I got contempt of the law Like it's so Badass uh, it like does Sunglasses rap
2: playing shit. in the background Like <laughs> yeah, it,
1: should, it should be like Mixed over a Wu-Tang Track like it's so <laughs> Fucking good So Andy figures he's just
0: gonna give him a new Ticket uh and then Ben says good I'll rip that one up Too and by the way I, it's how does Andy not see what Ben is doing by this point?
1: I don't. He he has to do this whole thing like three fucking times. Like it, it, they should have picked up on like why this like a previously authoritarian old man is trying to get himself arrested. They 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 should have put that together almost immediately. But uh, then I guess there would be no episode.
2: Like it almost should have been like a a thing that Obi all, all of a sudden just kind of realizes like hey pa we should invite him to the christmas party but eh, yeah no, we gotta let we gotta let ben be ben you know sure uh
1: blitz is fine because letting ben be ben rules uh <laughs> oh yeah totally and just ben's, ben's i fuck you i won't do it you tell me is pretty great so andy says that he's
0: gonna it like the fine is only two dollars but contempt is two days in jail and ben's like all right i'll take two days and Ellie, once again, is like, it's Christmas, here's two dollars, goodbye, Ben, get out. Um, so they kick him out again, uh, and now they're, again, fade to black, fade back up. Uh, they're inside the jail, uh, Andy and Barney are working on, like, fixing the lights, so they light the tree, they're, and everyone's really They're just, down. like,
1: setting up the tree, and Aunt is like uh, is, is, like, yelling at Barney about something. Uh, and then Andy drops the Barney Pooh line again, like he's like, like, oh, go get dressed up like Santa, Barney Pooh. Like it's 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 a very weird reoccurring bit. And Barney's like, Haha,
2: I'll get you back
0: later. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> again, I I like all of this, um, and I like what we're about to see too. Is that Andy picks up his guitar and Ellie starts to sing beautifully, um, and she starts to sing Away in a Manger. And then Andy starts to sing, but the voice that comes out of his mouth, clearly not Andy Griffith.
2: And right, like what I said earlier still counts, but this is definitely not Andy.
0: Yeah, and, and you go, like, for a second, I'm just like, what the hell, what is this? Because we know what Andy's voice sounds like, and it's not his. But then as the camera pans a little bit to the left and it zooms in on the jail cell, we see Ben, once again, perched at the window looking in. And we realize that the beautiful tenor that is coming out of Andy's voice, or Andy's mouth, is not Andy. It is Ben's voice. He is sadly singing outside of the party. Uh, in this beautifully framed shot as he like looks in sadly, uh, like like John Wayne at the end of The Searchers. And I, it's... It, Dan, uh, Joe, you mentioned the feels, right? You said that
2: it's a heartbreaker, dude. I swear. Like, this scene is, you you all of a sudden realize, if you haven't guessed it by now, what's going on? Why Ben is being so ornery and and angry? You realize that, like, he's the sad old man at Christmas and all he wants is to be included in something. And it's just such a well-constructed little scene. And they—they Like you said, it tells this whole story in, like, one camera move and one song. It's beautiful. It really is.
1: They, they literally, they describe nothing of Ben's backstory other than he owns the general store and he is very mean a lot. Like, they don't have to show him, like, walking around an empty house or, like, talk about how his wife died or anything like that. Literally just a few scraps of information and this shot. It, it's, it's, it's really great writing.
0: Yeah, the uh the ultra reliable Mayberry Wiki uh kind of says yeah, that yes. Ben is is said to be the richest man in Mayberry, but like that's just kind of inferred. Like there's
1: nothing canon about this. Um I mean he is the only one with anything even close to authority over Andy, so that 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 sort of implies like like a, a certain degree of wealth. If there was a richer person, they would also be telling Andy what to do.
0: That's true. That's true. But it's just, this moment is so good. Uh, and so, but it's cut short by Barney coming in, uh, and Don Knotts is clearly loving this, right? He's very happy to coming in as Santa, uh, and he does this, like, he does this little ho-ho rendition.
2: And, oh, and, and Ben looks so pissed off at this, too. <laughs> he hates it so much.
1: Yeah. Wait, do you, what, what yeah, no, I was actually confused in that moment why Ben was pissed off. Was he was his anger like that's not how Santa looks or or was it he,
2: That's what I want to say it was. Or like it was or it might have almost been like a religious thing like he was finally having getting his like moment and then Barney comes in as Santa Claus and just ruins it. Like I I don't know. I feel like that could have been a completely different direction for this episode if Ben's had if Ben had some like religious hang-ups about, you know, andy and barney and what they do as people i don't know possibly
1: there is sort of a weird religious thing and uh they they mentioned christ pretty pretty explicitly in that song that andy and ellie sing uh in that they they pretty much just like do a song of like so christmas is about jesus and that primarily like it's it's a weird old-timey amount of being able to to talk about christ Right, I mean,
2: it's it's a very kind of uh, backwoods, sort of Appalachian, sort of Christmas. Yeah, and that's kind of what it is, really. Um, but yeah,
1: well, I, I think it's sort of like like modern like Christmas stories. You kind of have to dance around the Jesus thing, and back then you could just be like, oh yeah, by the way, uh, here's a song where we say Jesus like fifteen times. I mean, right? Like I, think,
2: I don't think they had any problem like just singing like church hymns out in public. Yeah, like you kind of not... do now.
0: It's not quite, like, stopping the entire episodes that, L- that Linus can read from the Book of Luke. Um, you
2: know. Yeah, yeah. It's just like this is this is what it is, and we're going to move on.
0: By the way, it's gonna since since I'm apparently never going to be on, on Christmas Creeps, that's a
2: lie. I'm coming on Christmas Creeps no, in two weeks. <laughs> you're on next, Marty. Get ready. <laughs> yeah. Uh,
0: but I was going to say, something that's always bothered me about a Charlie Brown Christmas is that Linus is complaining that he can't memorize all the lines to the play that they're doing, he's, like, upset, like, I can't memorize all of this, but then he just recites re- pretty much the entire book of Luke from memory, just, hey, no problem on that one, didn't even stutter. What the hell, Linus? Not, Put some effort to imagine into Not like,
2: it. he's the innkeeper, what lines could he possibly have?
0: Right.
1: <laughs> uh, okay. this, this
2: one line is, no, <laughs> that's, that's all you need as, as the innkeeper, no, you can't stay here. <laughs>
1: Uh, something so, to the effect of fuck off so,
0: yeah you can ad-lib it so ben falls off of his box that he's using to like stand on to look into the window uh and so that creates a little noise out from the alley there arose such a clatter and andy <laughs> g- jumps up to see what is the matter so he goes out did to you rehearse goes, that no that was that was improv my friend so uh, Andy goes out uh, and where he finds Old Ben on the ground sulking. Go, go ahead. Uh, they, they they
1: get into an argument. Uh, during the argument, uh, uh, Andy like says like Why are you Why are you snooping around outside my jail cell? This is sketchy." And Old Ben said, uh, and, "And he threatens to arrest Old Ben for uh, for causing a disturbance and potentially being a prowler." Which I, I didn't. I didn't know that Prowlin was an official crime back then. Um, but the, the, an, another, like, like, it's the designated something fucked up happens. Uh, uh, Ben says, if you arrest me, I'll sue for wrongful arrest. And Andy says, that's threatening an officer of the law, which, no, it isn't. <laughs> threatening to sue for wrongful arrest is definitely not, uh, definitely not threatening an officer. What the fuck are you talking about? It's sort of like that weird thing whenever someone goes like, hey, Andy Griffith, I don't think you're good at your job. He's like, well, that's illegal for you to say. Like, they just slip in some authoritarian weirdness. But it's Christmas! I
2: I think that's why he pokes Andy, like, pretty hard. Like, Andy could justifiably say, well, you assaulted an officer of the law. Look at this bruise on my shoulder. It hurts. I need some ice. Barney,
1: ice! (laughs) Yeah, just like, like, then then the episode abruptly turns to Andy testifying in court that old Ben assaulted him. Now, Your Honor, I cannot throw my football with Opie the way I used to. I will need disability and several months of him in jail. All right, so so
0: Andy figures out what's going on. Because he says something like, if I didn't know any better, I'd say you were trying to get yourself arrested. Oh, which right, so,
1: fucking took you long enough.
0: So here's here's our conclusion. So we and we fade to black, and, and we come back up, uh, and Ellie is worried because she says, "Man, Andy's been out there a long time investigating." So she sends Barney out to find Andy, but before Barney gets out. Andy comes in with Ben and Ben has got a giant suitcase. Joe, do you want to tell us what's happening in
2: this scene? All right, so Andy explains that well since he's arresting Ben, uh, Ben uh, invoked his right to go home and get his personal effects, which I, <laughs> sure, okay. <laughs> That's not a right, but okay. Never heard that before, but okay, but he's getting this big suitcase and hes t- and he tells Barney to check the suitcase for files and whatnot because you know, we can't have any of that in the prison cell. So. So they open it up, and it's it's a box full of gifts. He gives Opie a set of uh, roller skates and says, I must have thought these were electric razors. And he gives the other kid a baseball glove and says, I must have thought this was a pillow. And he gives the little girl a, a baby doll, and he starts handing out gifts and whatnot. I like how he doesn't aww. have any excuse for the
0: doll. He's just like, oh, what the hell is this? You take it. Like, <laughs> it's, uh, who
2: who even, why? oh, come on. Little girl, here, have it. But and then they, just starts
1: like throwing out miscellaneous presents.
2: <laughs> yeah, it, not not just to like Andy and, and Aunt B and all of but but to uh, the Mugginses as well. Like they, they both get their gifts and he gives he gives Barney a gift, then he takes it away from him very angrily and hands it to Andy. But then he gives Barney a gift too because all is forgiven. And it, everybody has a lovely Christmas party. It's so, an
1: adorable scene.
2: Then, <laughs> like, it then, is
1: genuinely heartwarming.
2: Ben goes to his cell
0: to serve his time, quote-unquote, uh, and before he's allowed to go, he's stopped by uh, Deputy Aunt B, who has made him a lovely plate of Christmas dinner, and he goes to his cell, and he drinks his eggnog, and he eats happily as part of the party, and it's so sweet, you guys.
2: It's so it's good. heartwarming. I love but, it. Yeah, this is the textbook definition of heartwarming. Like, you just want to snuggle up to a fire with this episode.
1: Uh. <laughs> uh It's a great Christmas episode. And then the stinger is fantastic.
0: Dan tell like, us.
1: Uh so everyone is like going home and they're like 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 Barney and Ellie leave and uh, uh they're in the process of uh, of letting out the muggins. Uh and <laughs> uh and Sam and Andy are like are like getting everything ready, and Sam uh picks up his moonshine jug and says, like, Oh, it's it's empty and and Andy's like, "Well, if there's no moonshine, I guess I can't charge you." Uh, what happened to all of it? And uh Andy reveals that he left it in Old Ben's cell just thinking that like Old Ben would have a little of it, and Ben proceeded to just down the whole thing, get pissed drunk and pass out. And they just show Ben like in his bed like just happy and drunk. <laughs> It's adorable, but also Almost Ben dead. killed. <laughs> yeah, he killed an entire jug of moonshine. Like, ben is of, blind now. Yeah, he's going to have the most vicious hangover if he survives. I, I want to point out at one point
0: Sam like infers to Andy. He's like, Andy, you didn't get rid of the moonshine, did you? And Andy goes, No, no, I wouldn't tamper with evidence. And like, why not? <laughs> Wink You you do everything else in this town. Come on, man. You've broken every other like law enforcement law. Why why stop at tampering with the evidence? Uh, I mean, really? Sam
1: kind of has that reaction where Andy's like, "I wouldn't tamper with evidence," and Sam is like, "Oh, really? Okay, cool, neat. I didn't know. Th- I'm learning stuff about you. I I totally would have would have picked up on that. Okay, uh, continue telling me about yourself, Andy Kirkman." <laughs>
2: I think Andy's real answer is like, well, I wouldn't drink this in front of Opie, so otherwise yeah. I totally would have.
1: No, no, Andy will totally commit a felony in front of Opie. He, he, he framed a man for armed robbery and clued his kid in on the conspiracy last time. <laughs> the, the, it's, the, the, the line of what Andy Griffith will and will not do is an ever-moving target that we will never totally nail down. His, his code of, 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 le- of ethics and loyalty to the law changes sometimes, like, in the midst of an episode. Like this episode. Yes! <laughs>
2: so so I, I would like to point out, like, about this stinger. Um, so every Christmas they, sh- they rerun this episode on our local uh, CBS affiliate. Uh, and they will, they've started to cut this, the stinger part, the part where Ben drinks the moonshine, out of the broadcast.
1: Oh, fuck you, what? That poor I don't don't know if it's...
2: Yeah, I know. And I don't know if it's because, like, they're cutting the episode down for time, which this is already a really short episode. Or if they're seriously censoring a friggin' 50-year-old TV show. But I honestly don't understand why. Especially not in, like, Andy Griffith's, like, home market,
1: you know? I mean, cut one of the seven scenes that's just them discussing the finer points of tree decoration. Like... (laughs) Yeah. there is like there is like like maybe five solid minutes of just like a party happening like they they discuss the they 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 light the tree and they like like Don knots is just santa for a minute and goes around being santa mm, like it, yeah it's there's
2: a lot of not that. even
1: particularly tv showy it's just the way a party would go
2: But so, like, if you see this on local TV now, like, Ben gets his, he gives the gifts and he gets his Christmas dinner from Aunt B, and it, like, the music fades up and the show is over.
1: That ruins the entire episode. That
2: sucks. The episode
1: needs Ben pissed drunk. That's the, that's the, that's the, uh, the conceit of the whole thing. It's, yeah, yeah, it's the punchline to the whole episode. Isn't that Ben gets ripped on moonshine and passes out in a jail cell? Uh, also, I really wanted there to just be like, like, you know how a Christmas, uh, a Christmas thing will always have like a zoom out shot as there's like a happy narration by like, 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 like the equivalent of like the Grinch. I just wanted yeah. there to be one of those where they like slowly zoom out of the jail-, jail cell, and meanwhile, the entire time this has been happening, the guys that Andy led out of jail have just been going on a fucking rampage like there's flipped cars and buildings on fire and just these lunatics are just like running across the street
2: little did andy know that the largest crime spree pilot mountains ever seen
1: was taking place not far from here they would go on to call it the christmas anarchy for <laughs> generations it would be considered a legal precedent
0: This uh, this entire episode is basically christmas in the drunk tank by the pogues
1: like, yeah, yeah. Holy it is. shit! Okay, wow. that's the outro. Okay, like I was I, thinking about it. Yeah, yeah. You, you gotta do that. do yeah. that, or like you you do that. That uh, is one hundred percent the outro. Do
2: do that, but then at the final button at the end has to be Ben going Christmas.
1: <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah,
0: that's right, Christmas. We we haven't talked enough about. How Ben is literally Ebenezer Scrooge, like he straight up bah humbugs this whole thing. He st-
2: stops just short of saying the words, yeah, Merry <laughs> <clears throat> Christmas, right?
1: It, but it's not even a catchphrase because he just says Christmas and then just does a plosive. He just goes like Christmas, <laughs> like <clears throat> just sort of like coughs a little, yeah. Christmas, fuck you. Yeah. that's even just more. Just, no, that's
0: more of a of a catchphrase. Like at least those are words. Just like, like Christmas, <laughs> like like he's coughing. Like he, he wants
1: to like hide something under his bed. Like Barney sucks. and and he has three <laughs> goes at it. Like he, he keeps trying, and he's like like every time I'm like Ben, Christmas pet is not gonna catch on, man. Just say, like... like <laughs> can we recommend maybe a Christmas harumph?
2: Or, oh, uh... A harumph is right or... there, Ben! Harumph is right there!
0: Stop trying to make pa happen! It's not going to happen! <laughs>
2: right,
0: oh, uh, God! So, ratings for this episode, I think rather than do our typical... Like Andy Meter and Barney Meter. I mean, if, if we were going to do the Andy Meter, I'm going to say 10 Andes. This this is absolutely 10 Andes. It rules. But uh, Joe, as you are our special guest, would you
2: like to explain to us the rating system on your show? Um, sure. So on our show, when we talk about movies, our our rating system is called the Crankometer because the first episode we ever did was Christmas with the Cranks. Uh, and the X, it's an X and Y axis. And the X axis is how Christmassy this film is. Mm-hmm. And the y-axis is is the quality axis, how good the film is. Um, so for this episode, ooh, so, like, so, we do it on a scale of five to negative negative five to five. So
0: oh, because you don't have anything good. Uh, so we we do the Andy meter versus the FIFO meter. The Andy meter is our quality, uh, and the FIFO meter is uh, oh, the FIFO like, meter. It's so good. <laughs> the FIFO meter <laughs> is uh, how like morally reprehensible how how messed up are the events of this episode. Uh, okay, okay. I think, I think though, I would like to replace the FIFO meter. Uh, Cause it's not super high other than Andy letting everyone out of jail. I think I'd like to <laughs> replace the FIFO meter
1: with, uh, with uh, a crank for this episode. Dan, how do you feel? <laughs> uh, So the cranks is like the degree of Christmassy. Um, I mean, it's, it's pretty Christmassy. There's no like like lesson about Christmas like a lot of shows will have where like like a character will give a monologue about the importance of family over presents or anything. It's just generally like just just people doing a Christmas and having a good time. I think it, like Christmas five? is happening.
0: Really, I was I'm gonna say like nine. Like this is extremely really? Christmassy. But Joe, you're our Christmas expert. How Christmassy would you say that this episode is?
2: Oh my God, I want to give it the full ten. I really do, but maybe that's just my personal bias because really, this, this this is this is like pure strain, like ground zero for like Christmas traditions with me. So like, it's not Christmas it- without it, and watching it puts me in that right frame of mind. Oh so jo- yeah, I like I I, I I know you guys are saying like if it's got to be based on how Christmassy the thing is, which is what we do, sure. But, like, yeah, it's still a full 10 for me. Like, it's Christmas in the courthouse, they're singing Christmas songs, they're having a party. Um, the whole conflict is resolved because of Christmas. Uh, so I think that's worthy of a perfect 10.
0: All right, and uh, and as far as how much we like this episode, like, I'm going to say a 10. I love this episode.
1: I'll also, well, no, I'll, I'll say a 9. I like Manhunt better. Joe? Yeah, this is this is a
2: good episode of of the integral of the show. Like I don't wanna I don't wanna ruin anything by saying if you know whether or not there's there's better or worse because you guys have clearly gone worse here. But uh, Yeah, oh, I would give it a solid eight as far as the quality of the show goes, yeah. All
0: right. And and Joe, so you watch this episode every year. It kind of airs in your mark you
2: mentioned. Is it Yeah, and, and, and if I miss it, like it's on Netflix and I will watch it. Okay, so it is in your holiday rotation.
0: Absolutely. So, how many times before we asked you to watch it for this have you seen it? Let's see. I'm 31 years old,
2: so 31 times. That is a (laughs) (laughs) preamble. I mean, a good dozen or so, dozen or two times. Like I've seen it quite often.
0: Okay. All right. Um, Other than that, I think that we are pretty much good here. Do you guys have any closing thoughts?
1: No, there's like it it's just too nice for me to like like have very like much more to say about it. It's just it's just a good little episode of TV that I very much needed.
2: Yeah, that's kind of where I'm at too. Like I like I told y'all, I watch this every Christmas, but getting it in in June is kind of man, I I needed this in my soul right now. Yeah, yeah
0: like today today was a rough day, especially politically, uh, and for the world, so uh I am a big I'm very happy that
1: we got to talk about this today. Um want to give a shout I mean, out like, yeah. Uh with with just like the last couple of episodes it's been like all right so uh the world is a nightmare carnival. Let me just go and like, let me let me spend my leisure time submitting myself to the nightmares of yesteryear and this was like finally one where I get to like not be horrified by the Andy Griffith show for once. <laughs> Uh, all right, so let's go ahead and wrap
0: up. By the way, I want to sh- give a uh, shout out to Twitter user. I'm gonna Trebucket or Trebuchet. Uh, the guy's name is Trey. His his at his Twitter handle is Trebucket, but I think it's a Trebuchet joke, uh, which is great if your name is Trey. Uh, shout out to Twitter user Trebucket uh, because he is. Always, like, giving us good information on Twitter and responding to every single episode. And he's always got good insight and stuff that I wind up using in future episodes. So, Trey, thanks for listening. Uh, we really appreciate all your feedback and everything. So I guess giving you a special uh, Christmas shout-out for, for Trey. Um, you can follow us on all sorts of internet places if you want to be like Trey uh, and talk with us. You can follow our show we are on twitter at break mayberry uh, on facebook.com slash breaking mayberry email us breaking mayberry at gmail.com um please if you like the show don't forget to subscribe so you don't miss any new episodes also give ratings and reviews and uh send us fan art or whatever but the ratings and reviews really help us show up in search results uh for other people to listen to so if you like us please send that out there if you want to follow us personally, you can follow me. Uh, I am at Schneid Remarks. That's S C H N E I D Remarks.
1: I'm at The Luds. Joe, where can we you find I, your stuff? Sorry.
2: Oh. Uh, yeah, you can follow me personally on Twitter at Cordial Wombat and uh, Christmas Creeps is, you know, ChristmasCreeps.com. Uh, we do shows typically every two weeks and you can follow us on Twitter at Christmas Creeps. And uh, I'm assuming you can get Christmas creeps on iTunes and anywhere where pods are casted. Pretty much everywhere, yep. Correct. Correct. Yes. Guys, thank you so much for having me. This has been a blast.
1: So Marty has uh, inexplicably collapsed from uh, from just sheer overload of Christmas joy. Marty is sleeping off the holiday cheer with a jug of moonshine of his own. So until next time, we'll catch you down at the fishing hole. One second, I mispronounced fishing hole. Ah, damn it, he, his job is hard. So until next time, we'll catch y'all down at the fishing hole. And then, outro music. Shazayu. So happy I love you, baby I can see a better time When all our dreams come true Let's do another thing of explaining uh, why Marty is um uh, is out. We've seized control of the podcast from Marty's tyranny. Uh, I have seized the means of podcasting. This is my <laughs> It's a, now. It's a Christmas mutiny. Marty has lost control of the podcast. I ho, get to ho, say ho. some bullshit about the fishing hole now. Ho, ho, ho
2: excuse me i'm sorry i don't know where that came from (laughs) do another (laughs) marty's marty's been kidnapped by the darling family so we're gonna wrap things up here and try and hunt them down
1: yeah all right uh we will catch y'all down at the fishing hole as marty says for some reason